In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Victor Hugo's sweeping novel, Les Miserables, the themes of misery, freedom, imprisonment, and forgiveness run throughout. Jean Valjean, of course, is one of the main characters who, when we first meet him, has just finished up a 19-year sentence of hard labor for stealing to feed his sister. He's turned away from shelter because of his ex-convict status and is a bitter, angry man when he is met by Bishop Muriel, who invites him to stay the night in a warm bed. Valjean cannot receive kindness, so rather than gratefully sleeping through the night, he steals the old man's silverware and takes off, only to be arrested. Valjean tells police that he was given the silverware, so they bring him back to Bishop Muriel's house, and Muriel tells them he did indeed give Valjean the silverware, and then chides Valjean for forgetting to take the far more valuable candlesticks. Valjean is as confused and stunned as the police, who, with no crime for which to arrest him, leave. And then Hugo writes this. The bishop drew near to him and said in a low voice, Do not forget, never forget, that you have promised to use this money in becoming an honest man. Jean Valjean, who had no recollection of ever having promised anything, remained speechless. The bishop had emphasized the words when he uttered them. He resumed with solemnity. Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil, but to good. It is your soul that I buy from you. I withdraw it from black thoughts and the spirit of perdition, and I give it to God. Interestingly, if you've read the story, you know that Valjean goes out and immediately steals money from a small child. But this time, rather than be consumed with bitterness and entitlement, he is overcome with grief and repentance. And for the rest of the very long story, we see Valjean giving his entire life in service to others. He helps a destitute woman forced into prostitution by desperation. He rescues her child after she dies at great cost to himself, though the child is not his. He saves the lives of multiple strangers. Meanwhile, he is constantly being hunted by the lawman Javert. If Valjean represents grace at work, Javert represents a graceless law, a self-righteousness in the extreme. Valjean puts himself at risk in Javert's path multiple times to help hurting, desperate people. That Valjean has a complete rebirth, from bitter criminal to sacrificially and actively seeking out those he can help. And in so doing, he gets crushed by the law of the world. What we see is that forgiveness is like a sort of death. The parable before us in St. Matthew's Gospel serves to reveal both the difficulty of forgiveness and the insanity of our own judgmental tendencies. The rough numbers on the first servant's debt don't correspond to anything like even the most ridiculous amount of personal debt any person could accrue. We're talking more on the scale of a national debt, a number so astronomical it's almost comic. It's such a large sum of money that just as Bishop Muriel effectively died to his ownership of the silver candlesticks, so to the king of this parable, in canceling his servant's debt, sinks down into the grave of forgiveness, zeroing out a multi-billion dollar sum, an act that would render any average kingdom entirely insolvent. Do you notice how the king offers forgiveness even as the servant is still lying? There's no way he's able to repay his debt. If he lived 100 lifetimes, earned top wages in any market, and handed over every single dollar he earned, he would still not have paid off his debts. But the king doesn't forgive with a hint of vindictiveness. 
He doesn't even try to get his servant to understand how immense of a gift this forgiveness is. He just acts with mercy and lets his servant walk out into the light of day, a free man. And with his freedom, the servant seeks out one of his colleagues who owes him a few hundred bucks and proceeds to choke him, demanding that he pay it in full immediately. And when his fellow servant makes the same plea he'd just made, he refuses to listen and has him thrown in prison. Now, there are all kinds of qualifications I could make about repentance and not putting yourself in abusive situations, and all of those unique contours are true and important, but those are sermons for another day on another text. Because the moral thrust of this parable, and from a certain perspective, the moral thrust of the entire New Testament, has far less to do with moral improvement in almost any category, and almost everything to do with loosing people from their sins offering forgiveness as we have been forgiven, and joining the king in his death to the debts of our debtors. If you bother to go back and check, you'll see that the only line of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus bothers explaining is the one about being forgiven as we have forgiven others. In my experience, it is usually the people who obsess over buffing out their own moral records the most, who struggle the most with judgmentalism toward others. If you can allow yourself to access the memory of a time when you were really wronged by someone and consider all the ways you wanted to make that person understand how much they'd hurt you, I think it goes without saying that too often we are people whose ears have been stopped up, unable to hear that the core moral teaching of Christ is that we would die to our judgment of others that we would start to reckon with just how immense our own forgiveness is so that we could joyfully forgive those who wrong us. I've got another long quote from Robert Capon. He says, None of our debts, none of our sins, none of our trespasses, none of our errors will ever be an obstacle to the grace that raises the dead. At the most, they will be the measure of our death. And as soon as we die, they too will be dead, because our Lord, the King, has already died to them. But if we refuse to die, and in particular if we insist on binding others' debts upon them in the name of our own right to life, we will, by not letting grace have its way through us, cut ourselves off from ever knowing the joy of grace in us. In heaven, there are only forgiven sinners— There are no good guys, no upright successful types who by dint of their own integrity have been accepted into the great country club in the sky. There are only failures, only those who have accepted their deaths and their sins and who have been raised up by the king who himself died that they might live. He goes on. But in hell too there are only forgiven sinners. Jesus on the cross does not sort out certain exceptionally recalcitrant parties and cut them off from the pardon of his death. He forgives the badness of even the worst of us, willy-nilly, and he never takes back that forgiveness, not even at the bottom of the bottomless pit. The sole difference, therefore, between hell and heaven is that in heaven the forgiveness is accepted and passed along, while in hell it is rejected and blocked. In heaven the death of the king is welcomed and becomes the doorway to new life and the resurrection. In hell, the old life of the bookkeeping world is insisted on and becomes forever the pointless torture it always was. There is only one unpardonable sin, and that is to withhold pardon from others. The only thing that can keep us out of the joy of the resurrection is to join the unforgiving servant in his refusal to die. 
Friends, does it feel to you like the world is ending? As the smoke stings my eyes and throat and I hear of the devastation of some of the most cherished places of my childhood, as we watch the civil unrest of our city spiral ever onward, and as we gather still masked, still with an artificial inhuman distance imposed upon us by this pandemic, the world may very well be coming to an end with a whimper. I don't know. Whether the world is ending or not doesn't matter because it doesn't change the most important work that you can do with your life, the work of becoming like God by forgiving those who have sinned against you, loving your enemies, and offering peace to all people. Amen.